Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. How's it going? I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having a great week. So what's going on in the, in the world? Well, the uh, our Spanish Experience Summit is now well underway. So if you like Spanish, or you like Spain or Latin America, then uh, and you're not registered to attend our summit, then what are you playing at? It's completely free. Um, and we've got live sessions going on all week. So head over to SpanishExperienceSummit.com to uh, register there. We've got some fantastic speakers. Anyway, I won't go on too much about that. <laughs> you know what to do. Um, what else? Yeah, not a lot. I'm enjoying London. I'm well over my jet lag now from Australia, finally. I'd have to say, I mean, Australia, I love you, but man, you're too far away. Like seven hours plus 14 hours was my flight there. And like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to forget this in a long time. Like the time difference is, is bad enough, like 10 hours. I can deal with that. But I think the fact that you kind of, like the physical ordeal of sitting on a plane for seven hours plus 10 hours is just, oh, it's just, it's no fun. I was waking up at three in the morning for days on end. Anyway, what am I doing complaining? You don't want to hear about me complaining. <laughs> Let's get into the episode today. I'd like to thank the wonderful sponsors of the show, italki, who I'd never complain about because they're absolutely amazing. If you'd like to get, uh, if you'd like to find a new teacher, how about that? How about starting the year off well with a, with a brand new teacher in the language that you're learning and italki is the place to find them you can go to i will teach you forward slash free lesson and you get exactly that you get some free credit that you can put towards some language lessons all right then we've got a wonderful question today can't wait for you to hear this it's from john and here it is what's up ollie uh my name is john i'm a fan of the podcast i'm studying abroad in germany right now and I just started Mandarin Chinese with hopes to go to China for more study abroad before I graduate college. Um, <clears throat> my question is about the analogy of music as a language and to what extent we can apply language learning principles to music. I know you were a jazz piano major in college, and so I want to get your thoughts about, about, about this issue. Um, to what degree can we apply language learning principles to learning music? And how far can we take this analogy of music as a language? Uh, thank you very much. Um, I'm a fan of the podcast and keep up the great work. John, thank you very much for a fantastic question. Uh, this is, you know, a lot of people kind of pick up on the fact that I have a music background. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I, so I learned classical piano for most of my childhood since I was six years old. And then when I was 18, I went to college and uh, did a my degree in jazz piano. And so that's what I did. I was like a jazz pianist and, you know, earned a living for much of my 20s playing jazz in different different groups and different countries and stuff like that. I was, I was kind of a gigging musician and it was uh, it was cool, but the lifestyle wasn't for me in the end. But obviously music's still a, a big part of my life. And, you know, even now, like I'll often be on the on the train or something and I'll have a so like some melody pops into my head and the first thing I'll do, I'll find that my, 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 my hand is on my knee kind of playing the notes on the piano. <laughs> it's, it's so ingrained into my, my DNA that, uh, you know, well, yeah, it is what it is. A, a big shame that I don't really play much anymore. 
as many people point out. But uh, yeah, you, although you can't see videos of me playing music on YouTube, if you go to my YouTube channel, I think, in fact, I think I have a playlist, which is music played by me in different languages. It's not really my forte. Like I, Jazz piano was my thing. Um, and there's no videos of me doing that um, on YouTube. Rather, I've kind of picked up my very rusty like piano and guitar skills to kind of <laughs> have a go at playing music in, in other languages and singing as well. It's actually super embarrassing. But if you're quick, before I take them down, you can still see those on YouTube. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I think it's so, yeah, because people pick up on this a lot, they often ask me, you know, what's the link between music and, uh, and, and languages? And I think there is a lot, but it's often quite tenuous and it's not, and, and I'm, I often feel a little, I often ray, row back a little bit before committing too much to saying that there are these links. I think there's a lot beneath the surface. If you're interested in this, though, you should go back to episode 180 of the podcast because uh, we have a whole conversation uh, on this episode devoted to that with, um, with my friend Fiel, uh, who's a guitarist. And uh, we talk a lot about that, uh, different, you know, different different elements of this this, this, this this whole topic about what's the link between, um, between music and, uh, and languages. But I'll give you my thoughts here, um, John. So... I think you kind of asked two different things, right? One thing was like, what, what's in what way is music and language similar? And then the second thing is, you know, what can we learn? What can we apply from language learning to learning music? And so, yeah, first of all, the similarities between music and language. Well, I, I, yeah. On a, so look, I think the thing about language is that it's about communication, right? Language is about communicating thoughts and ideas to other people, whether through you know, written or spoken, or spoken obviously came first, right? So uh, if we think of language as a way of, a way of communicating to other people in, a, in spoken form, well, music is much the same. Music is about communication too. It's about an expression of art, an expression of, of well, this is an interesting question, an expression of what? So I, for me, if you ask about, if you ask me what is music or what is improvisation in, in the jazz context, for me, at the real, at the core, music is truth. And as an improviser, or as a, I think it's especially true with for improvisers. So people who are, you know, who usually in the in the jazz context, who who are making music up as they go along, <laughs> like like you know, jazz solos. People are improvising, right? In case you're not sure what that is, but improvising, you're on this continuous search for the for the truth behind the music. And this this is, um, you know, you can think of it in terms of okay, you have a particular harmony or chord progression and you're looking for and as the artist as the performer you're looking to convey something convey something of beauty to the person that's listening and so in the search of doing that you're looking to convey truth truth is the the i think the clear the clearest way of understanding what you're trying to do ultimately with music because you're not trying to just play the notes that fit the chord sequence, although you, you're, you're trying to do that too, what you're ultimately trying to do is to rise above that and to convey a, um, to convey the truth of your expression, of your feeling, of your emotions through the art of, of music. Um, and, and that is what is involved in performing music, I think. Similarly, if you're trying, if you're performing Bach, the notes are all written for you. You're not going to start making up new notes, although you could, and Bach himself actually did. But um, you know, you're trying to convey the truth of the music in the purest possible way. 
You're trying to take the ideas, the musical ideas that Bach had and, and wrote down and then convey those in, in, the, in, in, in the purest possible way. And a non-musician might ask, well, how many different ways are there to play a piece of music that's already been written? Well, there are a lot because you can give emphasis to different parts of the music, right? You have counterpoints and, well, anyway, we won't get into that, but there's lots of different ways of, of interpreting music. And, uh, and and this ultimately comes down to the truth of the music that's been written. If you if you take a, a piece of, a work by Bach or Mozart as being as being as as close to artistic genius as as there is, well, then as the performer, your main concern is not to screw it up, right? You don't want to mangle what Bach did. You want to give a, a kind of authentic representation of what Bach intended with his music and then ultimately as you develop as an artist you want to give your own um, your own interpretation on top of that and this is kind of where where classical music where per- performance in classical music becomes a real thing it's like how you know as the artist can you, do you can you add to any more to what Bach has already done or can you interpret it in a different way huge arguments rage in the in the world of classical music about artists interpreting music in certain ways and performing in certain ways. All of this stuff is all about getting to the truth, whatever that means to you. And we can have different truths, right? Um, especially in the, in this day and age, you can have your own truth apparently. And, um, and then, and so music is a lot about that. It's about, uh, it's about finding your interpretation. Of the... It's all very kind of nebulous, isn't it? But this, but I think this is, this is what it is. This is what music is. And with languages, you know, language ultimately is an art form in itself. But what you're trying to do with language is to convey thoughts. Ideally, you'd be able to convey what you're thinking directly. And we're often limited by language, aren't we? Even in your mother tongue, when you're when you're trying to get an idea across, you are language is a limitation. You can't quite find the right word for something, or your the grammar that you're trying to use isn't quite you know it's not doing it for you. you there's, a, there's a gap in communication. So even with language in your native language, you're you're trying to you're trying to find the kind of bond between you and the person that you're speaking to. You're trying to convey things in as as or as authentic and truthful a way as possible. So I think at the core, music and language do share those same intentions. They're just one's done through through sound, the other's done through through words. Um, and then and 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 the kind of clearest way I think you can see the connection there is in is in intonation. So there's there's a reason that Brazilian Portuguese is, is often referred to as the most beautiful language and i think it's because it's the most lyrical it's the most musical the intonation of portuguese of brazilian portuguese is extremely musical it's up and down and it's all over the place and um it's a for me as a musician speaking brazilian portuguese is really a a wonderful experience because i kind of i can kind of bring any musicality that's in my head to to the, I feel I do feel like I can kind of apply it to the the task of speaking Brazilian Portuguese more so than with a language like Spanish, which is very dry and um, and, and rigid in its expression, uh, you know, musically speaking, right? Uh, so, so I, you know, to the extent that that makes sense to you, I think that I think those those links are are, are there between between language and music. For the creative person, they're clear. You can feel the link, the creative 
elements of language and music. Now, there's this, the second part of this then is about what we can take from, what we can learn from the study of languages and how we can apply that to the study of music. How can we do that? Like what, what is the connection between between learning a language and learning music? And there are a few, um, I think, because both are difficult. Both are very difficult, um, and they require they require you to to have an appreciation of the fact that learning takes time, and you need an, 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 an understanding that that mastery of something comes over time and as a result of repetitive practice, um, rather than something that you can kind of learn instantly. Right. So the first thing to say, I think, is that a musical ear is sensitive to the sounds of language. And I gave the example of Brazilian Portuguese. Um, me with the musical ear when I when I hear Brazilian Portuguese, I, I like I said, I just really appreciate the sonoric aspects of of, of, the, of the language, and I really, I, I really kind of tune into that. I think a lot of people do who are not musicians as well, but I um, I think musicians in general, their ear is better at picking up the sounds of language than an, a non-musician. I don't you certainly don't have to be a musician. I, I have got I've got friends with impeccable accents and pronunciation in different languages who have never been near a musical instrument in their life. So it's not a prerequisite, but I think it certainly helps. And the musicians that I know do tend to have good accents when speaking other languages. Uh, and that's no coincidence, I think. You know, if you grow up spending your life listening to sounds and manipulating sounds and experimenting with sounds, you're you know, you're likely to be better at making those sounds when it comes to speaking a language. So I think, you know, the big advantage of, a, of a, being having musical facility is the just having a mature and adaptable, malleable ear for for sounds. So there's, there's something there. And I, I don't know the extent to which that, that applies in reverse. So if you're good at languages, does that make you good at music? For me, it happened the other way around, right? So I, it's difficult to say. The second thing is that musicians... Uh, really know how to practice. Um, and so anyone who's good at languages also knows how to practice. And there's always a temptation for us to look at people who are good at music or good at languages and think to themselves, well, how do they do that? They must have this natural talent. But it's very rarely the case. People who are good at, at music or who learn to, to do something musical well or learn to speak a language well, they get very, very good at um at learning something new and then practice practicing it in a methodical way you could say practice it in a practiced way until they get good at doing that you know take verb conjugations for example verb conjugations freak people out when they come across them for the first time if you're just learning french or spanish or italian for the first as, as your first foreign language and you you come across all these verb conjugations that you have to learn you look at those and you think how am i ever going to remember that and it really is very daunting isn't it However, once you've learned a couple of languages, you understand that verb conjugations don't have to be memorized immediately. Rather, they, it's perfectly fine for them to come over time. You don't have to know it perfectly from the beginning. Not at all. There's no need for that. You, you, you learn patience. You learn to, to let your brain become accustomed to, uh, to, to, to different verb conjugations over time and you know i would say that the best way to do that is through reading because you just get this natural exposure to uh, to all those forms and so you can learn them without having to 
you know, spent hours memorizing verb tables and things like that. Uh, so y- you get an appreciation of, of these things. And once you know that that comes over time, then that affects how you practice, right? You don't beat yourself up if you don't remember stuff. You say, hey, that's fine. I, I'll come back to it tomorrow or I'll wait to, to see it in a, in a story or something and then I'll, then I'll figure it out. That makes sense to you, doesn't it? Uh, and similarly with music, you know, when you when you first learn a piece of classical music, or you first learn the the chord progression to a new jazz standard, you don't expect to memorize it first time. You go over it. You 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 try to you prime yourself. You kind of you, you play it through a few times, get get a feel for it, and then over time, you uh, you just practice. You go back to different bits of it and you practice different sections and then you learn to kind of practice it as a, as a whole. And the, the you kind of have to develop this maturity of knowing how to take on a, a large task of, of, uh, of, of learning something that, that's big, right? And that kind of brings me to the third point, which is that as a language learner and as a musician, you, you learn to perform. I, I really think that language learning is is a performance, you know? And anyone who's actually got to a high level in another language will know exactly what I mean by this because when you you know if you when you when you get to the point where you speak a language well and you go up to a native speaker, you're you're in control because you because you're fluent in the language and you're really giving a performance. You you're aware of the impressions that you want to give to that person culturally as well, right? Like, you know, I always often use this example, but if if you go up to a Japanese person, you're extremely conscious of your body language. Uh, and with a Brazilian, it's the same on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, but you're very conscious of your body language and how you're coming across because those 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 aspects to Japanese and Brazilian culture are extremely important. But it is a performance. You're doing it intentionally. And even if it becomes like second nature to you, you're still aware of it, right? And you still kind of bring it out and, and turn it on at the right at the right time. And so language learning is a, is, a, is a performance and i think part of getting to a good to a very high level in a language is learning to be able to kind of turn on and off these elements of performance at at the times that you need them and with music it's the same one of the most important things about being a professional musician is not just learning a piece of music right it's not just memorizing the notes or being able to sit in a room and play these play these notes but play the piece to yourself. It's actually being able to walk out onto a stage in front of other people and to then to be able to do it under those conditions because those conditions change everything. When you've got lights on top of you, when there's a completely silent room with 200 people watching you, when you know there's a lot at stake if you screw up uh, or it's being recorded or whatever. Like that is, you have to really train yourself to manage your nerves, to manage your your psychology, performance psychology. that's a practiced art doing that. And so that you you kind of got to draw a distinction between learning the piece of music and performing the piece of music. And I think it's the same with language learning. It's one thing being able to do stuff in your, I mean, how often have you, have you felt, man, I, I, I can do, I know this in my lessons, but as soon as I have to practice or talk to a native speaker, I forget everything. That's the performance element coming into play. And so I think that is very much the same between between languages and music. This is a super interesting topic, isn't it? I think this is, this is fascinating. But I'm going to stop because I've been going on for ages now. So 
Thank you, John, for your question. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to get so animated. I guess I just love music and languages. You know? <laughs> so, anyway, got a couple of cool uh, resources to send you to on this topic, but uh, I'd like to thank you for your question. And also, if you'd like to ask me a question, uh, then please do. There is um, we've got a bit of blue ocean ahead of us, actually. If you, if you ask your question in the near future, you're very likely to get it answered soon because we don't have a big stack of questions uh, at the moment. So uh, IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask is the place to go if you want to leave me a question. Right, resources on the topic of this show. Two things. First of all, um, shimmy along to episode 180 where you'll hear a conversation between me and Fiel about music. In fact, it's 180 and 181 as well. It's a, it's a two-parter. Uh, but if you go to... Um, the blog post of this, then you'll actually see a video. You'll see me me chatting to Fiel on, on, on camera, which is quite fun if you like that kind of thing. And then there's also a blog post I wrote called Three Hidden Links Between Music and Language Learning. And that's where I go into a bit more detail about some of the ideas that I talked about in this podcast. So I'll put those in the in the show notes here, which you will be able to find on your device, whatever you're you're listening to. And that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then you're going to love some of the email courses that I've created. These are completely free email courses, which are written specifically for different languages and different levels. I've spent years writing these things. So whether you are a intermediate Spanish learner or a French beginner or Japanese advanced, whatever it may be, I've got email courses that give you some of my best tips for learning those languages at different levels. So whether you're struggling with how to get started, whether you want to know how to understand native speakers when they're talking really quickly at you, whether you want to get better at learning grammar, I've got stuff for you that I send out completely free over email. If you'd like to get these tips, then please go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash tips. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll get them sent out to you right away.